the year 2000, there's a woman in South Dakota named Janice Stevenson who is convicted of second-degree arson after she was responsible for a raging forest fire in the Black Hills of South Dakota. And it, and it came all to a time where she was lighting a cigarette, threw the match down, saw a fire begin to start. This was in her own admission later. Saw the fire start, but did nothing about it. And in fact, at the end of the day, after she was convicted, she was uh, sentenced to give a restitution of over $42 million. Now, I don't know exactly how those things work. I'm sure that's just almost uh, ceremonial, and I can't imagine they think she'll come anywhere close to paying that no matter how long she lived. But nonetheless, it shows what a little... Uh, what a, a little fire can start can turn into something amazing and what it, or something amazingly destructive. And what it reminds us of is James chapter 3. We know it's almost a companion passage to where we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 10 today. But James chapter 3, starting at the end of verse 5, or starting in verse 5, says this, Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. It's a small part of the body. But it boasts and does great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Boy, doesn't that remind us of the story we just heard? And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set amongst its members, it is so uh, locked in and so instrumental that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire and says, in fact, by hell. Of course, we know that the tongue is even a tool. It's a tool, as we see throughout the book of Proverbs, that can be used, as we'll see towards the end of this message, for encouragement, but yet if the tongue is not controlled and we know it is a window into the heart, it is something that can do the very bidding of Satan in our lives, and it can make us, uh, it can turn us into folks that are completely ineffective for the gospel. Even those in this room who have given our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be ones that completely forfeit our effectiveness for gospel power in our lives, taking the good news, the gospel message to others, simply forfeiting it by the actions of our speech. And so today we come to Proverbs chapter 10 as we have been walking through the book of Proverbs up through, verse, or up through chapter 6 at this point. And if I'll encourage you to go back and read 7, 8, and 9 as they will come back and reiterate some of the topics that we've looked at in recent days of seeking after wisdom seeking wisdom with all of your heart, not just sort of blowing it off, but saying that wisdom is crucial to life, and so we must seek for wisdom as we'd seek for a special treasure. Also, we talked about God's design for sex and sexual immorality. The Bible speaks a lot about that and says how God has created uh, sex as a wonderful thing, but if we walk outside of his boundaries, we face consequences of walking outside of his wonderful design. And of course, we also see, as we looked at, um, the, the instructions for hard work and diligence in life. And so I'd encourage you to go read back through those chapters as part of your daily walk with the Lord. But today, we'll come to Proverbs chapter 10. And really, these three verses that we're looking at today, uh, 19 through 21, are a gateway into the teaching on the tongue throughout the entirety of the book of Proverbs, as well as the entirety of Scripture. We see this wonderful companion passage from the book of James that we looked at today. So we're looking at the tongue of the righteous one, the tongue of the righteous one. And it says here, in fact, starting in verse 19, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. 
Verse 20, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. It's a great treasure. It's a great tool for God's work. The heart of the wicked, though, is worth little. And listen to this. The lips of the righteous feed many. So the lips of the righteous one who walks in wisdom, others are greatly blessed. Not just he himself, not just her herself, but many are greatly blessed by the wisdom and the righteousness that that person lives in and walks in. But fools die for lack of wisdom. Really, when we look throughout the book of Proverbs, the entirety of the book of Proverbs, you see that one-sixth of the entire book, think about that, one-sixth of the entire book is devoted to the tongue. We see that it is a gateway into the teaching of the entirety of the book of Proverbs, the entirety of the Bible, such an important topic. And so when we think about this focal passage for today, as it's a gateway, we think about this very thing. Write it down. It's going to be on the screen here for you. The righteous words of a righteous person are measured, they're precious, and they're valuable. Lord God, as we walk through this passage today, there'll be encouragement for some of the things that we are doing right when it comes to our speech, our tongue, and it reflects our heart, the encouragement that we're giving to others. But undoubtedly, there's going to be some point of conviction as well. And God, as it is, when we come to your word each and every time, whether it be during the Sunday morning service or whether it be in Bible study connect groups on Sunday morning or in the homes throughout the week or whether it's our own personal Bible study, Lord God, we know that we must have a heart that comes ready to hear your word, open to your word, and, and, and a heart that's humble. Or God, that says, if there is something that you tell me and it's convicting and, and, and you put your finger on this area in my life and, and you lovingly say that this needs to change, Lord God, we pray that you give us the humility to do so. Knowing that all change in our life is not a matter of our own gumption or will or strength or fortitude, all of those things help, but Lord, it's ultimately, ultimately a work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. The very first thing in verse 19, we see that the words of a righteous person, the righteous words of a righteous person are very simply, they're measured. They're measured. Look at the first part of verse 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. And I tell you, the absolute greatest manifestation of this is social media, right? Probably most of us are connected in some platform of social media, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, something like that, or maybe just message boards. Some of you are on Reddit or whatever like that. Some of us, or most of us, are in some way connected to social media, and we see this. This is sort of the greatest manifestation of this principle right here. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. There is this sort of um, almost like anonymity muscle, this sort of muscles that uh, some have because they're sitting behind a screen, and they'll just let fly, Right? multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But even in our regular speech, it's a speaking of restraining our lips. And we'll get to the second part of that verse in just a moment. But we think about what sort of sins fill our words. What about this? What about, first of all, lies? Lies. Proverbs 25, 18 says this, and you don't have to try to copy down all of the verse. We've got them on the screen there for you. But if you want to write down a word, get the reference, go back and study this. I'll challenge you to do that. Proverbs 25, 18 says this, a man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. Think about that. If you're bearing false witness against your neighbor, it's as if you're attacking them. 
and not some sort of proverbial sense, it is doing great damage to them if you're lying and bearing false witness against a neighbor. And as we know, if we begin to tell one little lie and this little lie and this little lie, they build upon themselves and we get comfortable lying. And so we must reject that lying and ask God to help us to tell the truth. It can be very simple and sometimes we can even begin to believe our own lies and not even realize that we're lying. So lies. Number two, anger. Anger. This stems from pride and selfishness. I'm going to put another verse on the screen, but let me read from John, or excuse me, James chapter 4. It says this, where do wars and fights come from among you? Don't they come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. Remember, this is being written to a church. He's saying, where do these fights come from? You lust and you do not have. You murder, you covenant, cannot obtain. You fight and you war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. He says it stems from pride and selfishness at the root of all relational conflict. I've talked about this many times before. We talk about this whenever I'm doing counseling between two people, whether it be marriage counseling or anything else. The root of all relational conflict is someone's not getting their way. Someone's not getting their way and someone wants their way. And you say, well, gosh, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, a lot of times it really is. It is that obvious, and so then we have to dig into our own hearts biblically and see what is God's solution for that. But again, looking at diagnosing the issue, we saw lies, we saw anger, and under anger, think about this verse here, Proverbs ten eighteen, just the verse before our focal passage here. Whoever hides hatred <clears throat> has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. And really, when you look at the entirety of chapter 10, a big chunk of it, you'll see some great wisdom in the book of Proverbs on the tongue, on the lips, on the mouth, words, things that we say. But 1018 again says, whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. What do you, what do you think it means by hiding lips? Whoever has hatred has lying lips. You're hiding that. There are going to be times where people hurt you. <clears throat> it's just part of life. We live in a broken world. We live in a world broken by sin. And we too, we participate in sin. Sin is missing the mark of God's character and his guidance and his law in our life. All of us do that. Even believers in Jesus Christ who have been changed, who have been born again, if we're not walking and following Jesus Christ daily, we're not giving him the keys of of our life, giving him control in our life, we too can walk in sin. So it's part of life. It's, being, it's living in a broken world. People are going to hurt us. So what are we called to do? We're called to lovingly speak the truth and go and tell them. Have conversation with them. Say that you hurt, hurt me. Say that you, this is something that I didn't like. We need to speak this out. We need to work this out. Because if you're hiding it, you have lying lips. And what do we do instead of addressing it? <clears throat> we spread slander. Isn't that how we often deal with it instead? Instead of uh, addressing a difficulty, we go and hide it and, and speak behind their back. Measured words. Do we talk about the things, the, the things, the sin that's not lacking in lies, anger, but also what about gossip and slander? We saw the transition here from this, this last verse that we put on the screen. Proverbs 18.8, this one won't be on the screen, but listen to this. The words of a talebearer, the words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles, 
And they go down into the inmost body. They internalize them. When you latch on to the words of a one who is a gossip, one who tells uh, tales, tales, one who has, hey, got juicy morsels for you, they go down and you internalize them. You've seen the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, how he wanted those Turkish delights, right? Those little jelly candies covered in sugar. And he said they're like tasty delights. And that's exactly what we're speaking about here, the words of a, words of a tale bearer. Are you one that wants to hear the gossip? Are you one that wants to hear the latest scuttlebutt or whatever it might be? So listen to this, Proverbs 26, 20. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no talebearer, strife ceases. So first of all, that's our personal responsibility in the first part of that verse. If you're not given the talebearer, if you're not given the gossip any fuel for the fire, then the fire goes out, right? If you're not spreading it on or you're kind of making it clear that, hey, I just really don't want to hear that, there's no wood, there's no fuel for the fire, that, that point of gossip will not go on. And also, where there is no gossip, strife ceases. That's one of the quickest ways to have division in anything, whether it be a church, a family, whether it be a place of business, is to have a gossip, and then there is division. You know, talking about not giving any fuel to the fire, not giving any wood to the fire, I remember distinctly having a good godly friend of mine. He didn't say anything directly, and some might have said, you know, you could say something directly, but when I was had engaged in a point of, of gossip at one time, I could tell he didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear it. And maybe he should have even said something to direct, directly to me, but I remember distinctly, I'm like, message received. And it was a good point of conviction for me as well. So we need to be willing as well to not be one who fuels that fire, fuels that fire, and to have that message come across that that's not something that we need to be doing in the, in the family of God or even in our own families or even in our places of work. So in the multitude of sin... A multitude of words, sin is not lacking, lies, anger, gossip, and slander. And what about perverse speech as well? Proverbs 17, 20. He who has a deceitful heart finds no good. So if the heart again, and we'll talk about this again in a moment, but the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But that person is looking for trouble, looking for difficulty. And he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. We'll say, how are those things linked? <clears throat> How are those two issues linked? Well, because I'm saying perverse things, I'll actually fall into evil. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because there's almost like a personal desensitization to sin. I know that's a big word, but we hear about being desensitized to something. We might hear about this in media, television, movies, whatever. If we engage in certain television and movies that might be ultra-violent or ultra-sexual or whatever it might be, something that you thought of 10 years ago, yourself 10 years ago, you say, oh, I never watched that. I never engage in that. I've never participated in that. 10 years later, you find out that, guess what? You've been desensitized to that particular thing. Well, when we are speaking... Uh, words, uh, ungodly words, we are desensitizing ourselves. It is an internal desensitization to sin. So perverse speech, absolutely, and he who has perverse tongue will fall into evil. So it says in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but here is the measured part, second part of verse 19. But he who restrains his lips is wise. We're called to exercise self-control, not just be a blabbermouth, not just be someone who just speaks for the sake of speaking. Proverbs 17, 28, listen to this. Even a fool is counted wise 
Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace, when he doesn't speak. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. Many of us have heard this sort of uh, common, common saying, maybe attributed to Mark Twain or Abraham Lincoln, no doubt kind of drawing from this biblical point of wisdom here. Uh, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt, right? That's sort of a common turn of phrase to lay out the biblical principle. It says even a fool is considered wise if they'll keep their, keep their peace. You think about of all the conversations going on around them, and the, and the goofiest guy in the room is just, con- hmm, hmm, hmm. You know, be considered wise just for not saying anything rather than removing all doubt. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs 18.2 says this, A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. We've all known someone like that, right? And if you don't know someone like that, there's a good chance it's you, right? <laughs> right? Where a fool has no delight. A fool doesn't want to hear what other people have to say and think about it and say, you know what, there could be some truth to that. There could be some wisdom there. But he delights, loves to express himself. Everyone needs to be blessed by his wonderful words and thoughts. You know, we've all probably heard that uh, saying of Dale Carnegie. Some of you might have taken the the Dale Carnegie class in business or whatever. Uh, And Dale Carnegie is famous for saying, remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. He says the sweetest and most important sound in any language is the person's own name. You know, I don't know. I might take exception to that. I think that to many people, the sweetest sound is the sound of their own voice. Really, some people act like that. They think that the sweetest sound, you could almost be sure that the sweetest sound in their life is the sound of their own voice because they're living this out. Proverbs 18, 2. A fool has no delight in understanding, no delight in hearing, but in expressing his own heart, right? So we have to be measured, be measured in our words, be willing to listen, measured in our words. Secondly, we see in verse 20 that the words of a righteous person are precious, precious. Verse 20, first part of verse 20, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. What does it mean by choice silver? What does it mean to have righteousness and and that tongue of the righteous person is so precious that it is like a great treasure? Well, first of all, it means edification. How can we have a righteous tongue of treasure? We can have a tongue in a mouth, and we can have speech that edifies others. Proverbs 27.9 says this. Take a look. Ointment and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. Right? So just like ointment and perfume delight the heart, we've all heard of aromatherapy and, you know, just kind of Put you at peace and just smelling good things. I mean, you know, at the very least, even if, even if you think that that's sort of weird or strange, smelling a flower is better than smelling, you know, fumes off of, a, uh, off of a diesel engine or something like that. Ointment and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetest of, uh, sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. So you say, just like those things, when one gives counsel, gives hearty, good, wise counsel, it is sweet words into the soul. So we should be rejecting the sin that can come from the tongue and from our, from our words, and we should be taking up the mantle of these things, edification. Secondly, godly challenge, right? That's part of it. If we are going to be part of a local church and a brother and sister in Christ, part of what we're called to do is to challenge one another, 
to speak the truth in love, to speak the truth in love. And really, this was the essence of Jesus's ministry here on earth. He didn't shy away from speaking the truth. When those that needed to hear the truth, those that were living in sin needed to hear the truth about repentance, he would clearly speak it to them, but he would do it in the most loving and caring way. He wouldn't have one or the other. He didn't use the truth like a hammer, nor did he use quote-unquote love as as an excuse for not speaking the truth. And so in the same way, we must be willing to have godly challenge. Proverbs 28, 23, he who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. Yes, if we challenge someone that we know and we do it in a loving and kind way, I can't guarantee, I can't promise you it's all going to be rosy. It's all going to be great and that person's not going to bow up and the person's not going to, to be upset with you or something like that. But in the end, the person that speaks the truth in love, and again, not using truth as a hammer, but lovingly speaking to someone and saying, you know, I've been concerned about this particular thing. I've been concerned for you, brother or sister in Christ, about this particular thing. The one who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. In Proverbs 27, 6, very close to that, you can write this reference down, at least says this, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know, we've all probably, again, known someone where you just kind of just kind of look at them like this. You're like, I don't know if I can trust what they're saying. They might be buttering you up. And you're like, mm, I don't know about that. But a friend, a friend has faithful, loving rebuke. Faithful, loving rebuke. Edification, godly challenge, and encouragement. Encouragement. Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety. Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. You know, we can never underestimate how powerful it may be to very simply when we come into this place. And of course, this is when the church family is gathered together, but this can happen throughout the week. This can happen even beyond, of course, our church family. We can never underestimate the power of an encouraging word to someone. Encouraging, saying an encouraging thing, and you never know when that might hit that person at just the right time. You never know when that might sort of have delayed release, if you will, almost like medications with a delayed release. You might speak a word of encouragement to them, and at that point in their day, they might be more upon a plateau or a mountaintop, but man, the next day they're in a valley, and they remember that word of encouragement. So again, the, the tongue of the righteous speaks with choice silver in edification, godly challenge, and encouragement. But that tongue is of choice silver, but what about the heart? The heart of the wicked is worth little. The heart of the wicked is worth little. You know, atomic clocks, have you ever heard of an atomic clock? They are the most accurate uh, device for telling time in the entire world. In fact, there's a really famous one, the master atomic clock at the U.S. Naval Observatory. It is the clock that is used for many governmental functions, including the U.S. Department of Defense. So it's this it's this really powerful system that is used, and it's an atomic clock that keeps the most accurate time in the world. How does that relate to the tongue? Folks, the tongue is the most accurate indicator of our heart. What's in our heart will come out in our tongue. And so what does that mean? Do we mask it? Do we try to fake it? Do we try to do our best to always be so aware and so observant that, hey, you know, the heart is what it is, but I'm going to try to 
change my words. Well, first of all, people can see right through that. What it means is that we need to see the tongue. We need to think about the words that are coming out of our mouth. And if we are engaged in gossip, we're engaged in anger, we're not speaking with with encouragement and edification to others, then that is an opportunity for us to get on our knees before the Lord and say, God, change my heart. Change my heart, oh God. Change me. Change me. Do great work. Continue to do the work of of sanctification in my life for those who are believers and for the unbeliever, the one who doesn't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, might that be the gateway? Might that be the foothold that God speaks to you and says, you have not been changed? Yes, your tongue is not reflecting the principles in Scripture because you have not been made new. You've not been made right. You've not been born again by a relationship to Jesus Christ. We know this about the heart because it says again in Luke chapter 6, 45, something that we mention quite often, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How do we find out the contents of a jar, right? We pour it out. You find the contents of a jar by pouring it out. I was hanging a picture in our house the other day and I had this jar sitting up on a shelf in my garage had been sitting there for years full of different fasteners. And the only way I could figure that out, sometimes you can see around it, but some of the stuff that's in the middle, especially wrapped in plastic, you got to pour it out. And that's what the tongue serves as. It is a pouring out of our heart. And so we must look and we must have a humble heart and say, God, show me through my tongue what is not right in my heart. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So we see, of course, that the tongue is measured, precious, and then finally in verse 21, it's valuable. It's valuable. The lips of the righteous feed many. This kind of works together very well, again, with the first part of verse 20. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the lips of the righteous feed many. Think about this. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. Think about this. Write it down. The righteous man will have enough to even support others because he lives righteously and he lives with wisdom. He'll have enough to to feed and support others. On the other hand, the fool will not have enough to even support himself. That's what it says there. The one who walks in wisdom and walks in righteousness, as we see throughout the entirety of the book of Proverbs, that righteous man will have success. Now, again, as we talked about last week, that doesn't mean some picture of success that we formulate, formulated in our mind that has been spoken into by the world and the world's idea of success. It means that, that God will help us and support ourselves. It doesn't mean we'll be rich. Some will, some won't. But God will support us, and they'll have enough to support others. On the other hand, the fool will not have enough even to support himself. The lips of the righteous feed many. Proverbs 10.31, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut out. There is destruction that comes to that one. And again, fools die for a lack of wisdom. Proverbs 12.13, the wicked is ensnared by the transgressions of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. I think it's important here as we kind of bring this in and land this plane. We have to always be reminded of, the Bible never says, never tells us, but the righteous will never have trouble. The righteous will come through without trouble. He says, but the righteous will come through trouble. There is difficulty in the world in which we live. Again, we live in a sin-ravaged world, broken by sin, which God has been in the process of redeeming, and he's redeeming our lives. 
But Lord, but, but we know that we live in a world of sin, but through it, we have a gracious Lord in which we can go to, which will bring us through times of trouble. May we remember here as we look throughout the book of Proverbs and the entirety of Scripture how the, the, the heart speaks forth, the heart is poured out into the tongue. And so we remember that the righteous words of a righteous person are measured, precious, and valuable. And Lord God, as we come and we come to your word and we walk away from this place as we've gathered and read and and looked at your word today, may we too be open to your work in our lives, work in our heart, and work in our heart as it's related to the words of our life. God, may it be a window into our heart. May we not blow off um, issues in our life of gossip or lies or whatever it may be. But Lord, may we ask you to do work, um, do the work in our heart of continued sanctification. For the person who doesn't know Jesus in this room, may this be again an opportunity for them to look intently upon whether their lives have been changed and changed by being born again in the person of Jesus Christ. And Lord, may we too look intently upon the choice silver of righteous words. May we speak with edification. May we speak at times with godly challenge. And we, may we speak with encouragement, Lord God. Replace those things that do not reflect your character with those wonderful words of righteousness, which are like choice silver. May you replace those in our life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.